we have been in the I am's of Jesus since August 23rd. I actually began to release these on Facebook, I believe on August 23rd. If you go back uh, through my Facebook page, you can find these. And of course, we begin with I am the bread of life. I am in the process of also releasing these on Podbean. Uh, we have a podcast at Life in Christ Jesus. It's actually www.lifeinchristjesus.podbean.com. That's like a pod of beans, podbean, one word, .com. And I just released the second study on I am the bread of life. I, I believe it is quite substantial. I, I, I go back through the recordings, listen to them, and usually write a uh, short introduction or outline or even a word. It, sometimes it may not be exactly what's in the, the sharing, but it, it's related and what I believe the Lord is sharing with me. We are in I Am the Way, the Truth, and the Life, and if you've been following these, I also skipped I Am the Resurrection and the Life, and at the conclusion of I Am the Way, the Truth, and Life, when we get into the life, I plan on dealing with both Jesus' statement in John 14 and Jesus' statement that's recorded, I believe, in John 11 in regards to uh, Martha and Jesus declaring himself to be the resurrection and the life. So all of these I am's are related to him, who he is. And where this study came out of was I was in the study of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that feels all and in all. And in that study, looking at who he is, and you know, in, in Matthew's gospel is, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus asked them, whom do men say that I am? And it just occurred in my heart that Jesus declared who he is in the book of John. He told us he is the bread of life. He told us he is the light of the world. He told us he is the resurrection. He told us he is the good shepherd. He told us he is the door. See, he said he that I am these things. And, and here in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or abodes or dwelling places. That word actually is a... Greek word that means abode, and it's actually the same Greek word that's used in this same chapter where Jesus said, my father and I shall come and make our abode, our dwelling place with you. It changes the concept of what a lot of people think when they think, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. Well, we, we may talk about this uh, in this actual lesson, we'll see, but if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, 
that where I am there, you may be also, and whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So he declares himself to be the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but by him. And we've talked about for the last three weeks him being the way. The way into the holiest was not yet made manifest while the first was still standing. And, and, and this will be, I guess, related to that. And I was going to continue on there, but I, I was impressed to move into the truth. And we will most likely catch up with what I wanted to say to you at the end of the last recording when I get in the life, at least most likely, I, I would like to address, you, you know, uh, uh, some things in 2 Corinthians uh, 3, ch in chapter 3 and chapter 4, and in relationship with the uh, Ark of the Covenant, the cherubims of glory overshadowing the Ark of the Covenant. So I'd like to uh, touch on those and, and most likely will in the life. So as we get in, and that's dealing with transformation, but I, I'll, I'll leave it there. As we look at this, the way, the truth, the life, the word, you, no man comes to the Father but by him. He's the way. He created the way to the Father. We come to the Father by him, through him, and in him. We don't even come to the Father in ourselves. Now in Christ Jesus, you that were far away are made nigh. The key is now in Christ Jesus. So he brings us to the Father and himself. And we really dealt with that in the last couple lessons. So if you want to go back and listen to them, in the last couple lessons, we dealt with how Jesus brings us in himself to the Father. Last one, we dealt a whole lot with him being the high priest. Uh, the way to the holiest of all is made known in him. We hear he declares himself to be the truth. And I, and I looked at this uh, some time ago, uh, the truth. And I look up Greek words a lot. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I look up the words. I like to dig into the words and, and like to see what they mean. But more than that, I like to see how the Spirit of God deals with me in relationship to Christ in these words. And, and as I was looking at the word truth, it means truth, <laughs> true to fact, properly true to fact or reality. So, so it's the reality, the truth of something. It's the, it says one of the definitions says it was synonymous for reality as the opposite of an illusion. So it's the truth. He's the truth. He's the reality. Now, what's interesting when I do these studies, many times I'll start looking into the root words. And, and when you get into this root word, it comes from a word uh, to, I believe it's uh, 227. And that word means true unconcealed. It means something that's not concealed. Now, what's interesting here 
is the word 227 in the Greek, the word truth that Jesus declares himself is as strong as the word 225, comes from the word 227. You can look this up in Strong's Concordance, or I, I use Bible Hub on the computer for a lot of uh, word research and word studies. And so uh, on the internet, Bible Hub. Anyway, the word 227 definition, true, something unconcealed, true, true in fact, worthy of credit, truthful is the definition. It comes from two words. And one of those words is alpha. The word alpha, like alpha and omega, Jesus declared himself, I am the alpha, the beginning. So the alpha, the beginning of something. And it also comes from uh, another word, 2990, which means to escape notice or to lie hid. Something hidden or concealed. So as I looked at this and Jesus declared himself to be the truth, and I begin to look at the root words of what it come out of, I believe he's the truth of what's concealed in the Old Testament. That in the Old Testament scripture and in the Old Covenant itself, Jesus Christ is in there concealed, but he's the reality of what that Old Covenant was saying. That's why I went through this old uh, Greek words with you is to get to this uh, part that he's the reality of what's said. It's from a simplistic standpoint, throughout the Old Covenant is the offerings, the uh, sacrifices, the lambs, the, the goats, the turtle doves. The truth of what they said is Christ. He's the substance of everything those sacrifices pointed to. Now, not only... Is he the substance of the sacrifice? He's the substance of the priest. And we, like I said, we dealt with this last week. We have such a great priest who's over the household of God. So we have a priest that's the reality, the real thing. He's the priest of the good things to come. So, so now the good things that were to come are made real in us through Christ Jesus our Lord. Whereas in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, all these things, whether we were looking at the lampstand or we're looking at the whole tabernacle or the whole temple or even the feasts or the Sabbath days and new moons, they are shadows, testimonies of Christ, not the very image. This is very important for us to get a hold of because many Christians try to go back and live in the shadows. They try to teach out of the shadows. Now, now I read the shadows. I read the law and the prophets often. I spend uh, quite a bit of time studying them out, looking at the patterns, because the patterns of the law and prophets declare Christ. But I see the reality of what they're saying. And I see many dear brothers and sisters in the Lord that get stuck there in the shadows, never come to the reality of what they're saying. For example, you may go and start observing the feast days, Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I believe all three of those days are fulfilled in Christ. <laughs> I believe he's the fullness of all three of those days, just like on our Tuesday night Bible class, we're in a study 
on the Feast of the Lord right now. And we're in the study of Pentecost when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Well, that feast has its fulfillment in Christ, just like Passover does. And so does uh, Tabernacles. And, and I can go back and try to participate in the ritual, but I never come to the fulfillment of what they spoke of. And, and that's unfortunately what a lot of Christians do. And I, and I want to share Christ as the truth. He's the truth of all these patterns, of all these types, of all these symbols in the old covenant. He's the truth that you and I, that our believers are attached to. We're, we're attached to him. We're not in the old covenant. We're not in the old uh, shadow. We're in the truth. We're in the light. We're in the day. We're children of the day. The writers uh, of the new covenant writes. The writers of the New Testament write. So we're not in the shadows. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And as God's people, we have to get a hold of that, that we're not in the shadows. Hebrews 10, verse 1, says that for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, a shadow and not the very image can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there into perfect or complete. So if I live in the shadow, I can never be complete. If my understanding's in the shadow, even though Jesus Christ completed me, in my heart, in my mind, I'm living as if I'm not complete. I'm, I'm not understanding what he did. I'm not understanding that through his death, burial, and resurrection, he hath completed me and you who have received him, that we received of his fullness. We received of his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his glorification, all of this we've received of. So we're not in the shadow of it. We're in the reality of him. I'm going to keep emphasizing of him. Because these things spoke of him. And Hebrews 10 is a beautiful illustration because it immediately takes you into Christ. How that, that the law and the prophets were a shadow of the good things to come and could not, with those offerings, make the cumbers there into perfect. And it goes on and says, For then they would not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscious of sins. But in those sacrifices, there's a remembrance. Of again, made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. So he come and offered himself that through one sacrifice he hath perfected forever those that believe. So all those sacrifices that were shadowed could never make the comers to it perfect. So if I go back and live in the shadow in my heart and mind, although I may have received the Lord Jesus, but if I go back to the shadow of it, in my heart, my mind, in, in the reality in me, I'll, I'll never see myself perfect. 
Now this word perfect means complete. We are complete in Christ. He has made us complete. His offering made us perfect. Nothing we can do ourselves. But as I learn him, as I learn the truth, I begin to see what he's done. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hebrews 8. It says, now the things which we've spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. It's a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment. Jesus is the minister of the true tabernacle. Well, he never got a building in the Middle East. <laughs> Did he? He never built another tabernacle in the Middle East for Jesus or another temple. But the writer here says he's the minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. You remember on the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah appeared to those that, that went up there with Jesus and, and Peter said, let us build three tabernacles or three temples. One to Moses, one to Elijah, one to Jesus. And then, of course, the cloud came over the mountain and said, this is my beloved son, hear him. And, and everything was then captured in the Lord Jesus. Everything was, that's all they saw at that point. They saw that the prophets, that Elijah represented the prophets and that Moses represented the law, were speaking of Christ. And as great as Moses and Elijah were, they, were, they weren't in comparison to the Lord Jesus. So, so even their temple, even what they, they came out of and represented was only a representative figure of what Christ himself was doing in the earth and his ministry in the earth. And, and he completed his death, burial, and resurrection. But, but here in Hebrews says he's a minister of, of the sanctuary. So he has a sanctuary. He has a tabernacle or he has a temple which he pitched and not man for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices whereof it is a necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer for if he were on earth, he should not be a priest seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law who serve and to the example and shadow. Here's this word again, shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished to God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. But now have he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he's the mediator of a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. So we have a true tabernacle. Notice this, true tabernacle. And this word true means made of truth, real, genuine. The old tabernacles were a shadow of heavenly things. But this tabernacle that the writer of Hebrews talked about is the true one, and it's made of the truth. Well, we've established who the truth is, that Jesus is the truth. So, so the tabernacle he's dealing with is that tabernacle of him. And Hebrews 3 puts it in, in, you know, to me, just kind of the icing on the cake here. 
Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him as Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath built the house had more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Moses as a testimony. Again, here's the word testimony. Of the things spoken after. The things spoken after is Christ. But Christ as a son over his own house. Here's his house. Here's his sanctuary. Here's the tabernacle he hath made. Whose house are we? <laughs> if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. So Christ is the son of his own house. Whose house are we? He's the minister of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Now, unfortunately, a lot of God's people do not have this, to me, simple understanding. A lot of God's people are waiting on God to build another temple in the Middle East. And a lot of preachers are declaring that's getting ready to come up on the earth. Well, I don't believe that. <laughs> Even if they built another building in the Middle East, Apostle Paul said, God is not worshipped with buildings made with hands. I, wa I want you to look at this. This is a house that God built. Christ, a house that he laid. Well, where, where's the scripture at in regards to this? Well, Isaiah 28 says, verse 16, so this is what the Lord says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, King James says a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will never be shaken. So here is the foundation of the house that God is building. A foundation stone that will never be shaken laid in Zion by the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hebrews 12 says, you have come to Mount Zion. We're not marching to Zion. We're not going to get there someday. The writer of Hebrews says, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So we've come to the house of God. And the house of God is not made with men's hands. Those houses that God had built in the old covenant were testimonies of the true house that has now come in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and Apostle Peter said, we are stones in the building. He says that. I mean, I mean the, these apostles write about this true house, this house that we are, and yet many of God's people are waiting on God to fill another house and somehow God's glory to go back to the Middle East. Well, God's glory is in a people. 
In the old covenant, God came in a cloud of glory and he filled that old house with his presence in a cloud of glory, a fire and a cloud. Honey, you are the house that he fills with his presence. He's not filling that old covenant house anymore. That house was overthrown by the Roman armies in 70 AD, not to be established again. And unfortunately, many of God's people are trying to reestablish it in the earth. When in fact, they are the house of God. When the truth, who is Christ, declares them to be God's house. <laughs> Look here with me in Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2, I, I read this set of scripture often, says, but now in Christ Jesus, verse 13, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, made nigh to what? I, I have to back up to verse 12, that at that time, time passed, verse 11, we were Gentiles in the flesh, and now verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So we were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. The Jews, the Jews were those that were nigh, the Gentiles were far off. And Paul says, You that were far off are made nigh to the covenants, to the commonwealth of Israel in Christ Jesus. For he's our peace who have made both one and have broken down the middle wall partition between us. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the Jew and Gentile. They are made one. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man. And he might reconcile both Jew and Gentile, both unto God in one body by the cross. So what Jesus did is he gathered all men unto himself. That's what he said. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all mankind to myself. And at the cross, he drew both Jew and Gentile to himself, and he crucified them both. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you don't come forth in Christ as a Jew, and you don't come forth in Christ as a Gentile according to the flesh. Even Paul writes that, that, that in Christ were neither male, female, Greek, or Jew. And many of God's people cannot get a hold of this. And they're going to have to turn loose of doctrines and ideas that have been given to them for years and years and years and see the truth who is Christ. I don't ask you to see anything but him. He himself is the truth. And he slayed the enmity that was in both Jew and Gentile, the carnal mind. And he came and preached, preached peace to you that were far off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both, that is Jew and Gentile according to the flesh, have access to God by one, by one spirit and to the Father. We both have access right now. God's not waiting for someday to give the Jews access. In fact, the first Christians were Jewish. Naturally. But the Apostle Paul never put much creed upon that. He put the creed upon knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing the truth. 
Now, therefore, we're no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a tried stone, Isaiah, that we just read. Jesus Christ being the stone laid in Zion in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Here is the true house of God. Here is the fulfillment of these prophecies that relates to a house being made. Here it is. Jesus Christ is the stone, and we are built upon him. We're built up on him. We're built up in him. He's the substance to the building. And we grow in him into a holy habitation unto, of God through the Spirit. Now, if I go back to Isaiah chapter 2, and if this is, I say to some people, maybe my favorite scripture or some of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible and Isaiah 2, 1 says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He saw this word concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So here, the writer says that God's, the, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. It's higher than the mountains, honey. Now, I want to take you to a passage of scripture. I've just shown you the Lord's house. You are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will dwell in them, walk in them. I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. See, this is established through the truth who is Christ. Now, the mountain of the Lord's house. Go with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, the mountain of the Lord's house. Jesus comes to a woman of Samaria. And or Jesus comes sits down at, at a well, and a woman of Samaria comes to the well. And in verse 15, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I, or he's speaking of the, the everlasting water. I may have jumped ahead of myself. But anyway, Jesus tells her in verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And she says to him, he goes on and says, Whosoever drink of this, this water, is speaking of the natural water, verse 13, shall thirst again. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, 
I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thine own, in that that thou said truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, Samaria. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Now, remember what we're talking about, Isaiah 2, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. The mountain of the Lord's house. Hear this, shall be established in the top of the mountains. So, and this woman here is saying, our fathers worship in this mountain, you say, that it, in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain, that's Samaria, nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You will not worship in this mountain. You will not worship in Jerusalem. Where's the mountain of the Lord? It's going to be established. Well, let's go on down through here. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour cometh and now is. Why was it now? Because Jesus was there. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So the mountain of the Lord's house is spirit. John was called up into a great mountain. He was carried into the mountain of the Lord by the spirit in the book of Revelation. Look it up. And Hebrews 12 says, we've come to Mount Zion, the mountain of the Lord, the heavenly Jerusalem. Why well, didn't get in a jet plane and fly over there? I came to the mountain that God's house would be established in by the spirit of God. And God's house is established in a people through the truth who is Christ. Christ is revealed in us, building us up in the knowledge of the Lord for a habitation of God by the Spirit. That is the truth. That is the, I believe, the absolute truth. I believe the Lord to have shown me this by the Spirit of God. This is what the Scripture is declaring and his people have to come to this house that is established through the Lord Jesus Christ. For the dwelling place and habitation of God by the Spirit. Now the truth establishes that, and the truth is a person. And that's, that's I, I said we may get back to uh, John 14 in the beginning. In my, house, in my father's house are many mansions. That's what the King James said. And I was told as a little boy, as I came into services, God went to build me a mansion, or Jesus went to build me a mansion. Well, it never said that. <laughs> said, in my father's house are many mansions, and that word is abode, or dwelling place. So in Christ is many dwellings of God, many abodes of God. In my father's house, in verse 20, which we've looked at for, for some time in chapter 14. At that day, you shall know I am in the Father, you and me, and I and you were in the Father's house. We are of the household of God. We're in that abode in Christ Jesus, that place Jesus was talking about in John 14, 3 is not a long time away in your future. It is now in Christ Jesus 
right now. You can experience it right now by the Spirit of God and know that it's the truth through the Spirit of God revealing Christ in you. I'm telling you, you can know it and you can shout it out in the earth. You can declare the greatness of the Lord and the greatness of his house right now. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's through the truth. The truth is not my idea. The truth is the person himself, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, one last scripture today. One last scripture in Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verse 16. Colossians 2, verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. The new moon, the meat and drink offerings are shadows of things to come. They were shadows. But the body is of Christ. We're the body of Christ. Now you are the body of Christ. You're not the body of Christ through the shadow. You're the body of Christ through the reality. And this is what I believe the writer is saying, is, is to not let People judge you according to meat or drink, or the meat offerings, the drink offerings, the offerings of the old, or holy days, or new moons, or Sabbath days. Don't be judged by them. I mean, you have Christians worrying amongst themselves about which day is the holy day. Is it Saturday or is it Sunday? And I got news for you it's Jesus. <laughs> He's the day, He's the day of rest. <laughs> You can't find rest on Saturday or Sunday, either one. Go ahead and try. You won't find rest for your soul. I'm not against you resting on either one of them, but the day of rest is Christ himself. And he's greater than Saturday or Sunday either. He says, come unto me, all you that are laboring and heavy laden, and learn and take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly at heart, and you'll find rest. You'll find rest learning of him. You can learn, you can go chase religion all day long and not find rest. You can be so religious, you can try to keep all these new moons, learn them all. And I'm not against you studying them all out I, I, because I believe they all are showing a picture of the Lord Jesus. We may need to understand them all, but we understand them in the person of Christ. So when I look at Sabbath days, Day, a day of rest, what I'm doing, I'm keeping the Lord. He's my rest. He gave me rest from my sins. He bought my victory. So I don't, I, he, he's my rest. I enter into his work and rest from my labors. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I find peace. I, I tell you, I come through religion trying to figure out which day and how to wear my uh, hair, how short it should be as a man, and how long the sleeves of my shirt should be, and, and how to dress. I come through that, 
trying to please God, loving God. I love God. And, and many of these people that believe that love God. So I'm not, I'm not speaking ill of anybody because we do things because we love God, but we don't find rest in our soul. And somewhere I begin to hear the voice of God and I begin to learn him. And I found this rest that was found in the person of Jesus Christ. It's found in the truth. And it created in me this great rest that if I can lay my hands on people's heads and pray for them and give them this rest, I would do it one by one because I want to give it to everybody. It's so good. It is so good to be at rest, to know that Jesus has won the victory, to know that the devil was defeated and I don't have to fear the devil. It's great to know this, to understand that my life is in Christ, that he is my life. Well, if he's my life, I don't have anything to worry about. He's my life right now. I'm not waiting to get eternal life. Jesus is eternal life and he's my life right now. Well, if I get a hold of that, I don't have to fear all these things that's coming up on the earth. I'm not fearful of it. I'm not telling you not to be cautious. I'm not telling you not to, to be smart, to be wise. But we don't have to walk around in fear. We don't have to walk around in panic. We should be the carriers of life. We should be the carriers of peace. People should be looking to the church wondering, what do they have that we don't have? But instead, what they see a lot of times is groups of people bickering about which idea is right. And I tell you, the only one that's right is Jesus. He's it. And it's when I begin to see him and understand by him and be willing to lay down everything that I thought I knew he can teach me. Come to him. He's the teacher. I believe that's what they called him in one place. The teacher, rabbi, rabboni, teacher. So he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us and teach us all truth. And all truth is a person. It's the person of Christ himself. Well, we'll stop right here right now, and, and I pray that this will cause you to search this out. If you haven't seen it, search it out. Get into the Word and search it out. Get before the Lord and ask Him, is it the truth? Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And if it's the truth, eat it. If it's not the truth, you can discard it. But but I, I believe with all my heart that the house of God is the people of God, that God doesn't need another building in the Middle East because he's established his house in the spirit. And that we're the house of God that he dwells in, that he doesn't dwell in buildings made with hands, that he's now living in you and me, and that he's filled us with his fullness, with his spirit, that we can know him face to face. Glory to God. Well, God bless you and have a great day.